You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go What's up guys, I hope you all had a wonderful Easter and holiday weekend. When you are listening to this, we will be just nine days away from the 2020 NFL Draft, and that's why we are going to be giving you a full round one TSR mock draft on this episode. By the way though, big shout out to my main man and co-host for knocking out his first article and his first big time scouting report for fans cited on Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins. I'm super proud of you buddy, you deserve all of the clout. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I don't know about clout, but but I appreciate you throwing some recognition out there. I'm trying to get the clout up, man. I'm proud uh, of you. I read a video scouting report. It looked it looked good, man. It looked really good. So I was happy to read it. Yeah, I did. The the formatting was more like I I kind of followed the formatting that other people on the site had already used, and it just kind of made things really easy for me. I mean, and and with tape like J.K. Dobbins, it's not hard to write a report. No, no, it's really not. And then your Steelers article was awesome, too. I read read through that about why y'all won't be drafting a quarterback um, this year in the 2020 draft, and that was a really good article. So so you're definitely you're gaining steam, man. I'm proud of you. You're, you're probably even a better writer than I am. So Oh, that, high praise. Been, that, that's high praise, man. That's high praise. Um, guys, some quick news before we get started on the mock draft. Um, just a couple of things we're going to go over. Christian McCaffrey today just became the NFL's highest paid running back. Um, Christian McCaffrey signed a four-year, $64 million extension worth $16 million per year. Um, CMC deserved deserved, it. Deserves all of it. Deserves yeah. all of this money Every for sure. Penny. But this is one of the very few running backs I'm still going to give a big contract to. He oh, deserves it. Yeah. And and people got to remember, I've seen there's some there's been there's been a lot of love for this, but there's been a lot of hate for this all over social media. But people got to remember that every franchise values the running back position differently. Some people are upset that he got this money, but guys like Derrick Henry signed ten million a year. You know that's is every franchise is going to value the position differently. So just keep absolutely. That- but let, let's look at let, let's actually sit here and look at the reasons this guy just got paid. So over the last three years, McCaffrey has 29, uh, 20, 2,920 rushing yards, which is fifth in the NFL in the last three years, two 1,000-yard seasons, 303 receptions. That's second most by any player, not just running back, second most by any player, 303 receptions over the last three years, one of three players to ever have 1,000 yards rushing and receiving in the same season. Over 2,500 scrimmage yards, that's most ever by a running back, and he's a two-time All-Pro. All of that is given to you per Field Yates on Twitter. Let's look at his NFL ranks in the 2019 season. He was first in touches with 403, first in receptions with 116. That's among running backs. The 403 touches, he was first among any position. Um, He was first among running backs and receiving yards with uh, with 1,005. He was first among any position with 2,400 scrimmage yards, and he was first or tied for first um, in scrimmage touchdowns for anyone at any position. So this guy, this money's well worth it. He, he deserved every bit of this money. This oh, yeah. guy, he's been on a tear, and everyone's seen it. This guy pretty much carried the load for Carolina. If you haven't seen it, you weren't watching. 
Yeah, you're just not watching football if you don't yeah. see what this guy's been doing. So, yeah, so. I just I still remember when they drafted him. Man, I knew he was going to be good, but he has excelled every one of my expectations. See, yeah, I think if you if you call this kind of of performance from him, you're lying. I say excelled. Yeah, I think I say okay, exceeded. He's exceeded yeah. every one of my expectations. He excel, exceed. <laughs> they all work. Um, also, guys, for the NFL ranks in the 2019 season, all those stats were brought to you per James Palmer on Twitter. Um, also, guys, another trade just happened. A uh, pretty big trade. The Texans traded for um, Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks. The Texans sent the 57th overall pick. The Rams sent Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Uh, let's talk about it, both. The Texans wide receiver core is looking a little bit better after this trade, but it still doesn't make up for letting Hopkins go. Are you with yeah. me? Yeah, I'm. I'm completely with you. I don't see. I don't know. They just keep letting draft picks go. I don't. I don't understand that. I feel like they're just giving away all their draft capital in the next like two years. I don't get it. It's the Bill O'Brien problem, and yeah. and after the moves that he's made, there's no way this guy's going to be there much longer. The way I see it, there's no possible way you can let him still be there. Ah, I, yeah, I agree. It's pretty. It doesn't make what's going on with. I think the result of the next few years. I mean, if the the franchise is either going to side with Bill O'Brien or they're going to side with Deshaun Watson, and if they decide if they side with Bill O'Brien, uh, they're going to run Deshaun Watson's career in the ground. Yeah, they they really really are. Um, let's look at the wide receiver core that Deshaun Watson has to work with next year. It doesn't look too bad on paper. Brandon Cooks, Kenny Steele's, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb. That I think that doesn't that look great either, though. It doesn't look great either, but I mean, there's talent there. It's like um, a it's like a one big, like C plus B minus receiving core. Yeah, and definitely, I mean, take Brandon Cooks. I mean, look at who they had before the Brandon Cooks trade. They just had Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, and Randall Cobb. I mean, that's subpar. That's awful. The Brandon Cooks, yeah, puts a little uh, little shimmer on it, a little shimmer of light on it. But Brandon yeah. Cooks still, he's not a number one in my eyes. He's not a no, number one. No, he's a compliment. My, they, I think they just have a ton of compliments. I don't, I don't really, I don't see it. But look at the Rams side of this. I think this is going to lead to the Rams diving into the wide receiver class in 2020. And they already had to dive into the running back class because they just let go of uh, Todd Gurley. So yeah. the Rams are going to be looking for some offensive pieces um, next week in the draft and um, through the weekend, uh, next weekend, through the entire draft. They've got to get some wide receivers in there. They've got to get some running backs in there, a, a running back in there. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um what do you think is more important for them right now, Bo? A wide receiver or a running back? Uh, for the Rams, is yeah, that what you're talking about? Um, I would say, I would say a wide. Mm, no, probably running back. I guess they let they don't they don't really have they don't really. I guess Gurley's gone. I mean, it's who who they, are the running they backs have there right now? Daryl Daryl Henderson, who was a rookie last year. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's a franchise bag. No, no, he's not a franchise. I mean, back. the fact the fact that you had to remind me of him says enough. Well, I remember yeah. him playing. I mean, I remember. I had to think I had him in fantasy actually. Yeah, but I, I they definitely have to dive it in at running back. They got to get somebody in there, Same. and Mick McVay needs talented running backs. That's kind of how his system operates. It's kind of like Kyle Shanahan. Kyle I mean, Shanahan. I would, yeah, I, I definitely see them so possibly dipping into both. Oh, they'll dip Never into know. both. But yeah. I, I wonder. I guess, so you're saying they'll go running back first. They'll they'll try I, to get I, a bigger name running back. If they're yeah, I think yeah, I think they can end up going defense early with one of their first picks. But they're going to address that the running back issue. I'm sure. 
I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting to see, but we'll keep you guys updated on which way the Rams decide to go. Um, guys, moving on, Drew Brees has signed with NBC Sports. Um, he chose NBC over ESPN. So let me explain this to you guys. No, this doesn't mean that Drew Brees is playing for the Saints. This is for after his career. He's pretty much getting his his post-NFL career stuff in order. He is going to be working with NBC. Um, so it's looking like he is possibly going to be the replacement for Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. I asked you this the other night, but were you happy with that? And you said that you were you were cool with it. You actually yeah. liked the the idea of Drew Brees coming on and replacing um, Collinsworth. I wouldn't mind seeing Collinsworth go somewhere else either. I mean, some people I mean, he gets a lot of internet hate, but he's still one of those voices that when you when you think about listening to the you know a football game on TV in the fall, you still hear Collinsworth's voice, you know, in yeah. your head. And I mean, I, I would like to. He'd be a better Monday Night Football option than Monday Night Football just thrusting another ex player that's never done that kind of job before into it. You know. I don't. I don't think that'd be a bad gig for him if they could somehow get him over there. Because aren't they turning that over again too? Yeah, the they are. Night? Yeah. It's interesting though. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't have enough information on it. But I don't have the contract details. I don't know. They just if they're out. Yeah, they may have not come out yet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, the contract. Just all I know is the contract's for after his time in New Orleans. Um, but I, I think it's pretty cool. I like seeing Drew Brees already get kind of settled in for what he's going to do after his NFL career. And I think I think it's going to be good think, for him. I think. Do you think that means that he'll play his because he's on a two year deal to twenty five million a year? I guess this is for post and you know after the next two years. Do you, I mean, he I just mean, signed a two year he, deal. Do you think he leaves early though? No, no. I really? think that he, he. I think NBC worked with him to pretty much be like, look, okay, you signed this two year extension. After two years, you come with us. Yeah. That's what I think. That's what I think. Um, because like I said, it, it, the contracts were after his time in New Orleans. So um, I think they would have worked it out with him. I, I don't think he would have been like, hey, there's a chance. Just letting you guys, you guys know, uh, New Orleans, you know, I may leave a year early to go <laughs> just call games. I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but yeah. Um, no, I don't think he would have done that. Um, also, guys, and uh, some sad news here. Tavares Jackson passed away Sunday night in a car crash. For any of you who don't know who Tavares Jackson is, he was the backup quarterback uh, for the C- Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl in 2013. Um, he played 10 seasons in the NFL with the Vikings, Bills, and as I said, the Seahawks. He was just 36 years old. Um, and I believe he, he was also a quarterback's coach at uh, Tennessee State University. And all those players that he coached have come out and showed that how emotional they are on um Twitter and social media, as well as Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson came out saying they could not believe the news and that they were really hurt to find out. I mean, a nine-year vet, man, he he had a lot of friends in the league. He played. He, a lot of he played. He was a Super Bowl champion in Seattle. I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still like a bit a well-liked guy amongst the football community. He's freshly out of the game. I mean, he just retired in tw- five years ago. Yeah, it, it's really it's really a sad situation, man. It yeah. shows you life is short. There's a lot of guys in the league now that knew him. It's sad. Yeah, it really is sad. There's been so many players. I've just been staying on Twitter today, seeing how many players have said something, and um, saying that he was a baller. He was a baller. He was a baller. I'm trying to remember. I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, Tavares. I believe he went to ah, is it Alabama State? He's from Alabama, I believe. Alabama State. That's where where he got in the accident. Was in Alabama. 
Was it? Okay. Well, yeah. he, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he went to Alabama State University. Uh, it was like a legend. He went to uh, Alabama State. Okay. So you're really reading that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not mistaken. Good. Um, but again, guys, uh, shows you life is very short, short and precious, and you never, never promise the next couple of moments. So um, all of my condolences to the uh, King family and anybody that knew him. That's a sad loss in the NFL world. Apparently, he was a transfer out of Arkansas University, the Razorbacks, because mm-hmm. uh, he played there and he played Alabama State, but they list his college. He was drafted out of Alabama State. Well, he, like, blew up at Alabama State. Yeah. He, yeah I mean, he's looked at as, like, a legend there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's Tavares Jackson. <laughs> um, God, I said King. I'm messing all up kind of stuff right now. To the Jackson <laughs> family, all my condolences. I don't know where my head's at right now, man. I'm all over the place. I mean, I think I'm just trying to get this uh, mock draft going, man. All my all my mind has been on this mock draft so much because I was so excited to do it. Um, but anyway, without any further ado, let's get this mock draft going, guys. Um, so let me explain this to you a little bit. So I did a mixture here. What this mock draft is going to be, it is, it's going to be a mixture of what I think is going to happen and what I think needs to happen in the draft. So, so with both of those kind of coming together, I try to give the perfect prospect for each team um, throughout round one. Uh, Bo kind of did the same thing. And what I'll do is I'm going to read my pick for my team, go through why I did my pick, and then Bo will either say if he disagrees with me or if he agrees with me and add more to it. Um, you ready to get this going, Bo? Uh, yeah, let's go. All right, guys. So with the first pick, in the official TSR mock draft, uh, the Bengals select Joe Burrow. Imagine that, Bo. Imagine, imagine Joe Burrow going to the Bengals at number one. Uh, basically, guys, this is as close to a no-brainer as you can get. Um, get the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and quarterback who just had the best passing season ever at the college level in Cincy. It's a quarterback-needy team. Okay, they draft the top quarterback. It's that simple. He's an Ohio kid, too. Come on, man. Get him in there. Yep. I mean, it's. I think it's destiny, like you said. He's from uh, was it Athens County, Ohio, or yep. something like that. And I mean, he was. I think he's built for it. I think that's the the Bengals. It's a. It's an absolute no brainer. Uh, I mean, he like you say, he had probably the best college season we've ever seen. I mean, when you so when you say sixty touchdowns, man. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty insane. Uh, and then then just the probably the best single year we've seen out of any guy ever. So something to appreciate. Definitely deserves it. Definitely deserves it. All right, so moving forward, guys, number two, the Redskins. I don't think this is going to be a shocker either. I have them taking Chase Young. Now, Bo may go a different direction. Me and Bo haven't been over on mock draft, so I'm interested to see what Bo does. Um, Chase Young, though, goes for the, to the Redskins for me. Uh, forget the Tua talk from Washington. The Redskins are going to roll with Haskins, who they spent a first-round pick on last year. They're going to get the best player in the draft in Young, and they're going to add another stud to an up-and-coming defense. That's the way I see this going down. What do you think, Bo? Um. Yeah, I agree. Chase Young is the if it, I guess if it, if Chase Young wasn't in this draft, I could see them going getting a quarterback, and I could I think I could see them pulling what Arizona did, back to back years taking uh you know possible franchise quarterback. But I'm going Chase Young. That's who I mocked. Uh, I think it's another no brainer. Um, other than Joe Burrow, he could be the best player, football player in this draft. I mean, definitely the best non-quarterback. I mean, I don't think you can pass up on that kind of talent. 
I think he is better than every other player in this draft. The only thing that gives Joe Burrow the edge is the fact that he plays quarterback. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's it's, just, it. it's a quarterback league. It's just, it's, if you don't have a good quarterback, you're going nowhere today. The guy with the most potential, most star upside, most all pro uh, upside is Chase Young. It's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. Maybe I think you could probably put Okuda in there. Maybe Okuda, but it's mm. still a solid gap. Between him and Chase Young. Okuda's going to be on an island a lot. You know what I mean? And and Chase Young is going to get put in a lot. I think he's going to get put in a lot more situations where he's comfortable. I think teams are going to try and take Okuda out of his comfort zone as a rookie. And it's going to be hard to take Chase Young out of his comfort zone at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really, I think he comes in and has a Nick Bosa-like year, man. I really, I really believe he will. He's going to come in and have that kind of impact, maybe even more. He's that polished. I love his game. He's going to translate perfectly um, yeah. to the next level. Uh, moving on, guys, number three, the Miami Dolphins. So let me say this. I had a trade. Miami, who had the fifth overall pick originally, has now traded up to the third overall pick. They've traded with the Lions. Miami traded the fifth and 18th overall pick to Detroit for the third overall pick. So now the Dolphins have the third overall pick. Dolphins have the fifth and 18th overall pick. So with that being said, at number three, the Dolphins take Tua. I don't care about all the Justin Herbert talk, guys. Forget about all the talk about Justin Herbert. Tua has made it known he wants to play for the Dolphins. The Dolphins have shown more interest in Tua than any other quarterback. They made major moves in free agency to put pieces around a future franchise quarterback. Now it's time to go get him. It's easy. Expect to see Tua in Teal and White next season. Do you have any problems with that, Bo? Uh, no, I don't have a problem with it. I could definitely see it happening. Um, but I did not mock that. But I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with it. There's going to be. I think there's going to be a trade going down somewhere in the top 15. That could very well be it. So, so let me explain why I think this is going to happen with the trade. So the Dolphins are they, – they want to make sure they're getting all these pieces in place for their future franchise quarterback, who I believe is Tua. Some believe it's Justin Herbert. But my thing is they want to get – make sure they get their guy. They don't know if other teams are contacting Detroit for that pick to try to move up in front of them and take Tua. So the Dolphins are going to make sure they get their guy. They're just going to go ahead and move up, give up a couple picks for it. Um, Bo, who do you have going to the Dolphins at three? I don't. I have Okuda going to the Lions at three. Oh, you have Okuda going to the Lions at three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you said like, with yours the the Dolphins trade up. That that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I have uh, the Lions are the third pick, and I have them taking Jeff Okuda. They have a uh, their biggest need, I think, on their team at the current moment is cornerback with Darius Slay leaving. I think it's. I think they're going to fill that hole. I mean, he's just too good, in my opinion. He you is. See, I mean, you see his work. You see his combine and his workouts. Good lord, his feet, dude, might be the most fluid feet I've ever seen of a college corner coming out there, like Jalen Ramsey. That guy that didn't I, have for my life. That guy didn't have one holding penalty or one pass interference penalty all it's, year against him. It's in a in a game where it's you know completely against him. It's tailored against him. You know what I mean? It's it's tailored to the receiver. It I mean, is absolutely insane. I mean, people I mean, need to know that too. People need to understand how hard cornerbacks have it. To be an exceptionally good cornerback, you are unbelievably disciplined. DB's, DB's and period. It's tough, right? It's tough these days, man. It's a job. You can't play on the outside, especially on the outside. I don't think you can play safety either, but you can't play on the outside of the hash marks if you don't have confidence and getting letting up at least one big play and then turn around and then batting down the next one. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you're not going anywhere. And I think Okuda's got tons of it oh he does so guys that is the first difference in me and Bo's mock draft um i have the dolphins trading up to number three to take two of their uh, next franchise quarterback 
And uh, Bo has the Lions staying at three and taking Jeff Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. Um, moving on, guys. Number four, the Giants. I had the Giants taking linebacker Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Um, Gettleman loves offense, offensive linemen. Anyone that watches football knows that. Anyone that watches the draft knows that. But I don't think there is an offensive tackle or offensive lineman worth reaching for at number four. Um, the Giants are going to take the most versatile player in the draft, which is Simmons. They're going to make him the center of their defense. Simmons has played at both corner spots, both outside corner spots, excuse me, slot corner, linebacker, and both safety positions while at Clemson. This what guy, you can you can plug this guy in anywhere, at any level of the defense he can play. Um, I think they need to go get the next um, um, centerpiece for the defense. And that is Isaiah Simmons. Like I said, there's not an offensive lineman, in my opinion, worth reaching for here. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. I don't think – I've seen a lot of mock drafts where I've seen guys like uh, Jedrick Wills uh, being taken first. I've seen, like, Mekki Becton being up there in some mock drafts. I don't see it. I think, like you said, Isaiah Simmons is the most – uh, versatile and dynamic defensive player in this draft. He's obviously he's not Chase Young, and like the, in the game today, it's a passing game. Best pass rusher in the draft is definitely Chase Young. Of course, he's going to be the number two pick. I mean, he's he's by a mile. You think he it doesn't he have the NCAA sack record ever, Chase Young? I think he does. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, of course, he's going to go too. But the most versatile, like you said, plug and play. Any time on the field, any defense you want to run, that's the guy. I think that's what I would do. I mean, if he's sitting there, you cannot pass that up. That's your future right there. So I'm, I would say, and especially in today, like you said, today's, like we've been talking about today's game, he runs a 4 3. He can get sideline to sideline so fast. It's insane. So uh, Isaiah Simmons is a great pick. That's what I mocked. Yeah, you know, watching that guy at 6 4, I can't remember what he weighed in, probably 250, run a 4 3 9 was unreal. I mean, and if you actually, if you turn on the tape for the uh, Ohio State game, when he played Ohio State in the college football playoff, um, awesome game. Um, J.K. Dobbins breaks off for a big run. Bo, you probably watched this play, as a matter of fact, but you were watching on, you know, watching over J.K. Dobbins. But J.K. Dobbins breaks off a big, big run, and he ends up scoring a touchdown. But, you know, no, no Clemson players even in that picture. And then all of a sudden, Isaiah Simmons comes in from behind, catching up for him, running step for step. Oh, it's yeah. just, I watched that game. Freakish. I watched it twice. <laughs> it, it's so just that's... freakish, man. It's yeah. freakish. And I think there's a reason this guy's going at number four. When you have that kind of versatility and that kind of talent, I mean. He's another, he's another guy where you're trying to watch one guy's film, and there he is. You can't, just can't look away. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to watch a lot of A.J. Terrell film. Yeah, it's just so hard not to notice yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Exactly. I mean, you got to rewind plays over and over again. Um, guys, so here's another place where me and uh, Bo are going to be different. I have the Lions picking at number five overall. I have them getting the same player, though, Jeffrey Okuda. Um, the Lions still get their man even after trading back two spots in the draft. After just recently getting rid of star cornerback Darius Slay, they need a shutdown corner, and that is exactly what Okuda can be. This guy has all pro potential in his first year, I believe. Um, really, he does. He does everything well. Like Bo mentioned, he's probably the most polished and most talented cornerback that's come out since Jalen Ramsey. That is a very, very, very big compliment. So I think the uh, Lions still get their man. He falls through to number five, 
And it's also moved by the Lions because they also picked up the 18th overall pick. Bo, where do you see the Dolphins going at number five? Uh, I've been taking Tua Tagovailoa, getting the quarterback of their future. Um, I think that he's the. I guess he he could be he could be he has the potential to be the best pure passer in this draft. Uh, it depends how he takes hits. You know, I'm. I say this, and I'm and I'm. I have cold feet thinking about you know him getting landed on by a big three hundred pound you know nose tackle. And, and seeing how that hip takes that. I mean, does that worry you at all? I think it worries it, it me It does a bit. worry me. It does worry me. But, you know, it, same thing worried me about Kyler Murray. Yes, I understand Kyler Murray was healthy, but Kyler Murray is even smaller. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, look, well, Kyler never Murray had, had a, a good year. major injury in college. He though. didn't. He didn't. So it's On different. the Heisman. It, it's, it's different, you know. Um, smaller quarterbacks are showing they're able to play in the league at this point. Like you said, I think Tua is a better thrower of the football than Kyler Murray. I'm not talking about his size, though. I'm talking about his hip. <laughs> okay. But I mean, let me ask you this. If he was a bigger, say he was 6'6", 230, and had the same hip problem, are you still as worried about the hip? I don't think you are. If the way the, the, way the hip thing happened was he was landed on going down. And uh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. And that is something that's going to be hard to avoid. It is. I don't think it, I think it would hurt more if he was bigger. Okay. So you would be even just as worried even if he was Just bigger. as worried. Okay. And just, right. If he was a big lumbering guy like Jason Jacob Easton, I'd be just as worried. I mean, a guy as stiff as that, would you want him to get stiffer? <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. And, and like I said, a lot similar to his game is he's mobile. He scrambles out of the pocket and makes things happen. So that hip, he he's gonna take hits. So you have to think about that. But you know, I don't think that's a worry big enough to to not draft the guy and get yeah. your you know preacher. Like you said, bro, and I've said it since the beginning. He's the best pure passer in the draft. And I definitely, you know, I've done mocks and I've had two of a fall uh, because of his hip, you know, because teams are afraid of it. They can't get yeah. a good look at it. They just can't. What's the farthest you can see him falling? Jacksonville at nine. Jacksonville at nine. Okay. Yeah, I don't see him dropping. If he dropped and if he did, went below Jacksonville, I mean, I don't see Cleveland taking him and I don't see the Jets taking him. You know what I mean? And Oakland yeah. is after that, and they have Mariota backing up Carr. The farthest, the farthest I see him dropping is um, Las Vegas Raiders. 12? That's yeah, 12. That's the farthest I could see him dropping, but like I said, I don't see that happening. I, I don't either. Getting taken in the top five. And, 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 I, and I honestly, whatever team, uh, whatever he does fall, if he falls below that, I mean, just some guys – some other guys are going to – some teams are going to get some steals on guys like Kinlaw and other guys like that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be huge. Any any shakeup in the draft is going to make guys fall and just change the draft completely. Yeah. That, that's what makes it so interesting is to see which direction this draft's going to head. Um, you know, also, this it's a virtual draft, which just makes it exciting in general. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to see where these guys end up. A lot, like I said, guys, that me and Bo have both of the Lions and the Dolphins – getting the exact same player. We just have them getting them in uh, different spots. And in my case, the Lions get another pick in the first round because of it. But uh, me and Bo have been pretty, pretty much spot on through the first five picks here. Um, Moving on guys to number six, the chargers. I have the chargers taking Justin Herbert quarterback out of Oregon. Um, The chargers have come out and said that they will be starting Tyrod for 2020. That's fine and dandy, but they still need a quarterback. That doesn't fix anything. They, they've got to get a quarterback in there that's a quarterback for the future. Herbert has the size, the arm, athleticism, and the smarts. This man won the William B. Campbell Trophy, which is a.k.a. called the academic Heisman in college. So the guy's got the smarts as well um, to be a franchise quarterback at the next level. And 
on my mock draft, he falls right into the Chargers' lap in late April. Um, what about you, Bo? Uh, I have the same thing, Justin Herbert. I um, think he's the third-best quarterback in the draft, no doubt about it. Um, seeing that kid flat-footed throw at 65 yards is pretty insane. Uh, the Chargers, whether they, like you said, whether they want to say they're starting Tyrod or not, I think that's the right move to say they're starting Tyrod. But I, I bet you by week six, you're looking at Justin Herbert, uh, you know, as quarterback for the Chargers. Absolutely, man. Justin Herbert just has has the the arm and now Ty, Tyrod's mobile, but he just has talent that Tyrod doesn't. It's just this guy is just <laughs> uber talented, and you've got to get a guy like this. I mean, this is a franchise quarterback. Absolutely, and, and I just see Ty. I mean, we watched Tyrod in Cleveland, and it was kind of a his offense. He could make a few plays happen, but the ball didn't move downfield more than ten yards, fifteen yards max at a time. It wasn't a big play like a, a big play quarterback. You know, it was really slow offenses, and it. And I just think, I think the fans and everybody will get tired of it, and then they throw Justin Herbert in and sell out their crowd. That'll be their move. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think this is the pick that needs that'll get attention on the Chargers. It's going to excite fans. I know I'd be excited for my team to get Justin Herbert. Probably a little bit less because I'm expecting Joe Burrow. But hmm. I, I, I can't wait to see where these quarterbacks wind up. I think the Chargers, you, you've talked about it a ton, Bo. You love the Anthony Lynn pairing with Justin Herbert. You think that would be great for him, the the environment. Um, just the Chargers being have. out west still uh, would be great for him. I mean, he's... He's a West Coast kid. and playing at Oregon. He'd have a good base of his family and fans out there. I think it'd be a comfortable place for him to become a quarterback. Absolutely. Um, guys, number seven for the Panthers. I have the Panthers selecting defensive lineman Derek Brown out of Auburn. Um, the Panthers, any Panthers fan knows right now that the Panthers are in the middle of a massive turnover. There's a new head coach in town, new offensive coordinator, new starting quarterback, no Cam Newton, no Luke Heakley, and no Greg Olson. That's a lot of change, Bo, to go through um, in around about one year. That, that's a lot of change for a Panthers fan to have to deal with. Um, it's a complete new era in Charlotte. Um, the Panthers' biggest needs are on the offensive line and defensive line. Derek Brown is a freak athlete and a major problem for opposing offensive lines. Um, I liked him. I like him over last year's Quinn and Williams. I really do. I think he's more talented than Quentin Williams. Um, yeah. In my mock draft, Carolina's D gets a big upgrade up front. I would say he's, we used the word polished earlier. I think he's – Quentin Williams, I thought, was more raw than Derrick Brown. I think Derrick Brown's got a very polished game for a college kid. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. Man, this man is just a complete monster. He's yeah, a complete monster. Big, on the, big uh, time motor. Big time motor. And he, he he's more – he's more um, – agile than you expect him to be he really he's, he's a lot of good agility in his um tape yeah but um is it the same for you bo are you giving Derek brown to the panthers yeah. oh absolutely uh i think they they need something in the middle uh they need a defensive centerpiece uh, i think he could be that guy and i mean if you looked at the history of that franchise they love a they love a big guy up the middle you know they they love a good defensive lineman i think he could be that for him uh and he, I mean, he was like you say, he's a freaking college. All of first team All American last year, uh, 12 and a half tackles for a loss, four sacks as an interior lineman, often double teamed, often, uh, always yeah, double teamed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, two forced fumbles. He had uh, four batted passes. I mean, that stuff's that's pretty serious. I'm yeah, first team All against, SEC. That's against the best talent, in my opinion, in mm -hmm. the NCAA, in the SEC, in the yeah. SEC West at that. And, SEC and he, West is the yeah. toughest uh, conference in uh, division in football. 
And he did it his junior year and his senior year. I mean, his yep. junior year, he still had 10 and a half tackles for a loss, and he had more sacks as a junior than he did as a senior, which was only by half a sack, but he still had more. It's still an improve. I mean, it's still like, it's still impressive as a junior to still make that big of an impact. It is. You know, it, it, and only is seven help. less tackles. So this is going to help with the the loss of Kawan Short. It's going to help. It's going to fill that need immediately. It re- yeah. really, really is. Um, so I think this is going to be awesome for um, the Panthers to get a guy like Derek Brown. And number eight, guys, the Cardinals. I have the Cardinals selecting selecting Mickey Becton, the offensive tackle out of Louisville. Um, the Cardinals somehow traded for DeAndre Hopkins and still kept kept the eighth overall pick. I don't know how that happens, but hey, here we are. Um, I know that's crazy. That's Bill O'Brien's fault. But the top priority is protecting Kyler Murray, who was sacked 48 times last year. Get the most athletic offensive tackle in the draft in Mekki Becton and feel good about the left side for years to come. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I got the same thing. Uh, so I know these are going to sound way too similar, but guys, I promise this draft is going to take a turn towards the end. It's just the first 10 picks or so, 12 picks are always pretty, always pretty spot on and about every year these days. Um, but I got Mickey Becton as well uh, as the as my first lineman, offensive lineman being taken. Uh, he says he's most athletic offensive lineman in it. He's the best run blocker probably in it uh, in this draft. Um, great with his hands. He's humongous, <laughs> super strong, super yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, he's the kind of guy you that you need to grow with uh, Kyler Murray in your offense. And I mean, and he's also a guy that. If Kyler Murray's not going to have longevity if he doesn't have a run game either, so you know you got a guy who you can develop him as a great pass blocking uh, offensive tackle in the in the NFL, which is, I mean, he's great. He'll be a high draft pick, but he's still going to get beat by some of these DNs in the NFL, some of these edge guys. There's he's still going to get beat. Oh, he but, is. You know, you I mean, but you put him out on run plays, he's going to win a lot more. That'll be, that'll be his comfort zone, and they need that. And I think they're going to try to run more. I mean, Kenyon Drake looked good going at the end of last year. Yeah, he really, really, really did. Um, Mackie Beckton, man, you know, it, it, kind of, it may be a stretch to say he's the most athletic. That probably could go to Tristan Wirfs. We all saw the combine. It's just Mackie Beckton is still still so raw, but there's, still There's a difference so good. in testing athleticism and on the field. It is, it position. is. But when it comes to overall strength and the way you just bully people, that's Beckton. That's his game. He just gets his hands on you. He is very hard to shed that block. You cannot get Beckton off of you. And I actually came down because I told you a few weeks ago I had Wills when I was doing mocks. Uh, Jedrick Wills was going first for me. Yeah, you actually so did. I actually, I kind of I watched film and kind of switched it to you know to that. Well, speaking of Jedrick Wills, guys, at number ten for the Browns, the tenth overall pick, I have the Browns selecting Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Um, let's think about it. The Browns were the big movers a year ago in the offseason. They were the ones making all the moves. Um, they had high expectations heading into this year, but Baker Mayfield just couldn't get it going. That is because Baker Mayfield faced a lot of pressure. It led to him throwing for the second most interceptions last year. Wills is the answer to the Browns' pressure problems, in my opinion, on the left side. Left side, um, and in my draft, Mayfield gets the left side security that the Browns have been look at, looking for since Joe Thomas. Yeah, I got the same thing. Um, did we skip Jacksonville at nine? We did skip Jacksonville at nine. Thank I'm, you. For, I thought something sounded well. I was like, I don't think I had back to back. Yeah, Jack- well, I have. I, I'll just go ahead and say it. I have Javon Kinlaw going to Jacksonville. 
I ha- I had the same thing. Uh, uh, losing Clayus Campbell is my main reason. Yeah, losing losing Clayus Campbell, and they moved on from and, Marcel Darius. And, and Ngakwe is gone. And Ngakwe, he's not going yet. Not going yet. But well, in my, well you're saying, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I, I don't. He doesn't want to be there. He's not. He's not going to be there much longer. Yeah. Javon Kinlaw, guys. I was talking to one of my friends earlier about this. Derek Brown is the big defensive lineman name in this draft, but right behind him is Kinlaw. Kinlaw may have a higher ceiling. I'm going to be honest. Kinlaw's story is amazing as well. Oh, his story is unreal, man. Um, but his stock has just been skyrocketing since the middle of last season. He put he has put on a show at every competitive event since the season ended. So Kinlaw is my pick for the Jaguars at nine. Sorry, everybody, didn't mean to get out of order there. Um, but now you know the number nine and ten. Uh, picks for me, which was yeah, ten was Jedrick Will's offensive tackle out of Bama, and we'll, to, we'll, to we'll cut Browns. to eleven. We'll cut to eleven now. Um, speaking of number eleven, the Jets select Andrew Thomas. Um, the first season of Adam Gase, guys, could have been better. The major free agency moves from a year ago didn't make the impact that they were hoping for. Um, they overpaid for a running back, in my opinion, and they still weren't able to get Darnold the weapons that he ultimately needed. Um, let's think about it. Darnold, your quarterback. Darnold is the future for the Jets. The most important thing after getting your quarterback in the house is protecting that quarterback. Get Andrew Thomas, who I see. Now, you you, you see it differently, though. I see Andrew Thomas also as the best run blocker in the draft. Um, I think just on film when you watch it, I, I don't see another offensive tackle that does a better job run blocking than he does. Um, and we know how much Georgia ran the football the past three years. But I see Thomas also being able to help Le'Veon Bell get things going and also be able to shore, shore up the problems on the left side for Sam Darnold. So Andrew Thomas is my pick here. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> at 11, I have wide receiver Jerry Judy out of Alabama going as my, fir- as, my, yeah, as my first receiver going off the board. Uh, and I, I he's my number one. Um, he's probably the best combination of all – all wide receiver skills rolled into one uh, super polished route runner. Uh, he's a burner. He's got good hands. Uh, he's smart. He's a better blocker than he's given credit for. Uh, very instinctive wide receiver. He's got a good feel for space. Uh, the Jets need it. Robbie Anderson's out the door, and I think they need – they're probably looking forward to having more than a than a go route runner. You know what I mean? Robbie Anderson pretty much ran just to just, – just un- a st- just streaks every time you know what i mean just go routes straight down the field and bomb it to him and usually he was pretty slow out of the gate every season i think you can put jerry judy in and get week-to-week production out of the gate so i got him going 11 i, I don't argue with that man obviously i don't have judy going to the jets at 11 but i i, I don't see that as a bad pick i think that would be a good pick for sam darnold get him the weapon that he has needed um and that, that's a perfect guy to get. Jerry Judy is an unbelievable talent at wide receiver. Uh, so I'll go ahead and say, guys, at number 12, the Las Vegas Raiders, for me, they select Jerry Judy. Um, I, I, say, I see that the, uh, the Raiders take the first wide receiver in the draft at number 12. Let's look at Jerry Judy, guys. This guy has the ability to cre- create in space, has good hands, and is the best route runner in the draft. Derek Carr, he doesn't have a go-to guy right now. Las Vegas does not have a go-to receiver. Jerry Judy has all the talent in the world, and he can come right in and be a go-to number one talent for him. Um, guys, I think in my mock draft, uh, Gruden loves the Alabama guys. Derek Carr is going to get a studded receiver after getting a studded running back from the same college a year ago. So at number 12, Jerry Judy goes to the Raiders. All right, at number 12, I have a wide receiver as well, but obviously Jerry Judy go 11. 
My number two is C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma. Um, I personally love C.D. Lamb. He's super explosive. He could be the best yak guy in this class. Um, you get, you just got to get him the ball with about two feet of space, and he can do the rest. And I think the Raiders need that. They need a playmaker down the field. Uh, their wide receiving core right now consists of like Keelan Doss, Tyro Williams, Nelson Dropalore, and uh, Hunter Renfro. And I like, I don't like those names, but you gotta have a guy like C.D. Lamb just absolutely blowing the lid off to open up guys like Hunter Renfro, you know, the, a technician like that to do his thing, and Tyra Williams, who's still a downfield threat to do his thing. You know, so you need another explosive, you know, guy in there, kind of like you putting Judy in there. It's kind of the same concept, but I got C.D. Lamb going uh, 12. People are going to get so confused, man, because I, I have C.D. Lamb going to the next team. They're going to get confused on who we're even saying. So any of you guys that are hanging with us and are, are keeping up with who we're saying is going where, I really, really um, – I'm pulling for you guys. Um, number 13 yeah. for me, Bo, at 40, the 49ers select C.D. Lamb. So the 49ers just fell short of the Super Bowl, Bo. It's an overly talented team that doesn't have many weaknesses. But they do lack a true number one receiver. Um, and I think that is on the whole team. I think that is really the biggest, maybe you could say corner in my draft. I have them addressing that later on, but you know, I think receiver, they just need a really talented receiver. They have Debo Samuel. He's a do it all guy, but he's not seen as a go-to guy. They have mm-hmm. Marquise Goodwin. He wins vertical routes, but he's not a possession receiver. CD lamb comes in and fits perfectly into Shanahan's offense and is a true top target. I think CD lamb starts out in an awesome career and uh in san francisco all right well i this is where i have my only trade of the first round i have miami jumping up uh with san francisco uh from i guess miami was uh, 18 18, and i have them trading a second round pick from 2021 and swapping up to 13 with san francisco to get tristan Wirfs to protect tua uh, they need a they need a stud at left tackle uh, to protect their uh, most expensive asset uh, in their next future quarterback. So I think every team needs that. It's like you get your quarterback, and the next thing you need to do is what protect them. So that's what just exactly what I got them doing is is jumping up and getting the the next best thing at tackle behind Mackie Backton. I like it. Tristan Wirfs is a guy I can see people moving up for just because of that combine, man. That combine yeah. is going to blow GMs away. And it's going to yeah. make him highly coveted. So I like that, man. I think that's a really good trade. And I could see something like that happening. Um, so, are you, so you're saying that 49ers move back to 18? Yes, they are now my okay. 18 pick. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, 14 guys moving on, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them taking Tristan Wirfs. Um, I have them taking Tristan Wirfs. Let's think about this, guys. The Buccaneers just got the best quarterback of all time. He's also ancient. He's 43. <laughs> now, this Buccaneers offensive line allowed 47 sacks last season. They cannot allow that with Tom Brady. There is no shot Tom Brady lasts the entire season if he is sacked 47 times. Do you agree with that, Bo? Oh, I completely agree with that. So let's let's get a left tackle in there, an extremely talented and versatile. He's versatile, Bo. He can move to the inside if they need him to. This is a, this is a very versatile offensive lineman. Let's get Tristan Wirfs here at 14. And get him to protect the most, probably the most highly coveted quarterback ever. Let's get him to protect him. 
Tristan Warps to the Buccaneers at number 14. <clears throat> yeah, all right, and at number 14 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have the Tampa Bay securing their future after Brady, taking Jordan Love from Utah State. Uh, Jordan Love has a big arm. Uh, he can make a lot of these NFL throws. He just was kind of lacking some talent to go around them at Utah State. Uh, you can see his film is kind of littered with some with some catches that probably could have been made, and he probably could have had a little more time to throw. He was he was not stacked around him, but yet he still put up big numbers. And I think that he's been if he's been dealing with a rush, you know, he's been getting rushed through, all through college with with a lack of weapons. You know, if you put him on a team like Tampa Bay, where he can learn from a good from a good quarterback, they can use, I guess, their other picks to help build up their offensive line. Uh, you may, you might be able to usher in your future after Brady. Absolutely, man. Me and you talked about that, saying that I think when right when the rumors got started about maybe Love landing with Tampa Bay, me and you were really intrigued by that. Yeah, like, I mean, wow. and, and like I just think it's people like like you're not taking a 43 year old quarterback without having what's next in mind. You're just not a good GM if you're not thinking about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. And I just think it, it, it's it's a wow factor. I mean, Jordan Love getting to learn behind Tom Brady, like I said, the the best quarterback of all time, um, getting to learn behind him, getting to work with Bruce Arians, who we, we all know is like a quarterback whisperer, and then coming in and getting to work with guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what else could you ask for as a rookie quarterback coming into the league? Um, So I I love the pick, man. Um, At number 15, guys, the Broncos. I'm about to make my Broncos fan at work um, very happy. I have the Broncos selecting Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver out of Alabama. So the Broncos have, or they seem to have possibly found their next quarterback in Drew Locke. Um, now, every quarterback, Bo, we know, has to have guys to catch the ball. The Broncos have solid size, size options in Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton, but they don't have that over-the-top guy, the guy to take the top off the defense. That is exactly what Ruggs is, and that, that's what everybody thought so highly of him for. They, they thought this guy they thought this guy was potentially going to break the 40 record at the combine. Yeah, when was the last time you were that hyped for a 40? Oh, it's been a while. I mean, because see, no one, no one saw the John Ross one really coming. We knew he was fast, but we didn't. No one expect knew that. Yeah, no one knew that was going to happen. But but rugs. I mean, people were just waiting. I mean, just months out waiting to see that forty. But yeah. I mean, imagine this. But I want you to think about this: an offense of Drew Locke, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and Rugs. Oh man, I think that's enough to get Broncos fans excited. Yeah. And that'll sell tickets immediately. So my pick is Henry Ruggs to the Broncos at 15. Uh, same thing. This is one of our mid-round picks. It'll, it'll be the same. Uh, they need it. Uh, it fits. I think it fits well. I think bringing a guy like Henry Ruggs in to a stadium like Denver and running cornerbacks to death in that thin air, whoo, man, there's some, there's some long days for some DBs out there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's, that's a good point. I didn't even think about the thin air, man. Those, those I mean, DBs they're going to be, be trying to keep up with him all day, boy. Come on. Good luck. They, they're going to be hurting, man. So oh, I think it's a sucking win, buddy. It's going to be perfect pick. I, that's I, all I, I really think about. There. Yeah, that's all I could think about. Um, at number 16, guys, the Atlanta Falcons. I have the second cornerback coming off the board, and that is C.J. Henderson, the cornerback out of Florida. So listen to this, Bo. A little uh, tidbit I have for you. Rumors came out that 40% of GMs have C.J. Henderson ranked above Jeffrey Okuda at cornerback. Really? He's a, he is very good. Now, I don't have him over Okuda, 
But C.J. Henderson is really good. His tape is really good as well. Um, the way I see this is, guys, the Falcons need – they've needed help on defense for a while. They just locked up Grady Jarrett up front, which is going to help the front end of their defense. But the secondary has been all right, not great. Um, and that's not good enough. When you play in a division with Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin, you need to have some studs at cornerback or you're going to get just torched. Um, and that's what's been happening to Atlanta a whole lot. Um, Henderson is my second-ranked cornerback in the draft, and I think he fits perfectly into the Falcons' defensive system. Yeah, I like that. I mean, and I got the same thing. I agree. They need it. They need it. They need it pretty bad. And uh, and I think that C.J. Anderson, like you said, he's it, it's kind of a kuda and then everybody else after that. And you kind of you kind of got to watch tape, and it, it's hard not to to have that in your mind. You know what I mean? And and so so. It, Someone needs. There's going to be more cornerbacks taken. It's the, it's the need of of the NFL today. You're trying to keep up with receivers in this crazy passing league we're in now. So and Atlanta has really struggled with keeping a lid on the big plays over the past few few years. So I'm I'm going with the same with the same thing. Cesar Henderson out of Florida at cornerback. We uh, great minds think alike, don't they, Bo? We're yes. almost we're probably at like ninety percent matching right now, which is probably boring as hell for the listeners. But hey, it means me and Bo are on the same page. Um, number seventeen, Bo, for the Cowboys. I have them going an interesting direction here. I have them taking a center, Caesar Ruiz, out of Michigan. The Cowboys' offensive line, guys, just hear me out. I know it's a boring pick, but just hear me out. The Cowboys' offensive line has always been the top line in, in the NFL. That is starting to change now. Travis Frederick has now retired, opening up a massive hole in the center of that offensive line. Go out, get the best center in the draft in Ruiz, and fill that hole in the middle of the line. He's extremely polished coming out of Michigan, and I think he's the right pick in this situation. So that is my pick. The center for Michigan sees Ruiz to the Cowboys at number 17. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and, and I think I struggle with this one. Um, I originally told you I had AJ Epinesa in there, um, and being taken and I, I, I've kind of come off that, um, as a, we've had two days since that I've kind of come off that and I've done some more mocks. I've kind of plugged in all my picks and looked around a little more. And I think I'm going to have uh, Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama, the cornerback, going there. They just lost Byron Jones. They got a pretty big need for it. Um, I had A.J. Epinesa going there, but they just put Robert Quinn on that big deal. And I didn't really consider that. Um, and I'm Demarcus Lawrence is going to be up for another deal soon. So, I mean, it would be nice to get some depth in behind him. But I think more immediate need on that defense is going to be cornerback. I love it, man. Cornerback is probably the biggest need. To yeah. be honest, the only reason I'm going in Ruiz's direction is because Jerry Jones loves a good offensive line. Yep. And, and, and when he drafted Frederick, man, he reached. He reached for Frederick in the 2013 draft. So, hey, I, I, I could see him doing the exact same thing. Cesar Ruiz, I, I, th- I think he's good enough to reach for, and I think he would fit right in with the, uh, the Dallas offensive line. But I like the pick, though. Trayvon Diggs, he's an awesome athlete awesome cornerback i think he would step in and completely help the secondary in dallas immediately um guys at number 18 so my number 18 and bo's 18 remember is going to differ i had the lions um getting um receiving the 18th pick from the dolphins earlier in the draft so at number 18 the lions draft kayla von chason the edge rusher from lsu so 
the Lions in this draft already, guys, their two biggest needs was an edge rusher and a cornerback. They just got Jeffrey Okuda at number five. Now they're getting Chase on at 18. That's their two biggest needs. They have not been able to establish, I mean, they've been unable to establish a uh, pass rush in some time. The addition of Trey Flowers didn't help. He was hurt. Even when he was on the field, it just was not doing the job. Chason has all the physical tools to be a stud at the next level. He's raw, but with, with some refinement to his technique, he's going to be a problem. I promise you that. Lions take care of their top two needs in the first round. I like that pick, man. I really do. Uh, Chason, like you said, he's, he's going to have a lot of upside on that guy. Uh, there's no telling where he's going to go in the future, so I really like that pick. Um, I, I don't have him going. I don't have him going right now, but I don't have him far off. Um, and for me, I have the Niners picking um, 18. They traded back with Miami. Um, it was a swap with a second round pick also given to them next year. Um, it will give it to the 49ers from Miami, and because they have two, they have a, a second round pick in 2021 from Houston and one of their own, so they have two that round. I believe I have them giving the first pick that they got from Houston. So it's kind of a uh, well, I guess actually it's, I have them taking their first pick in the second round, which is actually their pick Houston is the ones they keep, which is later in the round, I believe as of right now. Um, and I have them taking some wide receiver help. You think you had them taking wide receiver earlier. Was that right? Yeah, I did. I had them taking CD lamb. That's right. Okay. So I have them taking, this is one of my draft favorites. I've talked to, to Jacob about him a lot. I have them taking Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Uh, Mims is super athletic. He is super good in uh, under duress. Like we, you know, I guess being being hit while he's, he's catching the ball, people going for his hands. Um, he secures that thing. He's got big hands. Uh, he's taller than he looks on film. I don't know what it is about that. Those I think it's the Baylor, the green uniforms on the field. He just doesn't look as big on film, but he's like six no, he foot doesn't. one. He really doesn't. He looks like a small guy, but he's he's bigger than that, and he plays big. And I like that. He really sticks out on film. They went to him a lot in, in their offense. He was their guy, and he was their guy for a few years. And so I, I went with Denzel Mims in that pick. He's one, he's one of my guys this year. I love the pick, man. And it's going to be interesting to see if Denzel Mims makes it into the first round. It's going to be really interesting because I think he has first round potential, but I don't know if anyone will take the chance on him. But this I like is, you this said, is my guy. <laughs> I know that's your guy. You love some Denzel Mims, man, and I love it because because you know a lot of the Baylor wide receivers they, they don't get that kind of credit. It, that's not a school that puts out top top um, receivers, so yeah, it's he, kind of he cool. sticks out against everybody. When you watch, go watch their hardest game. I mean, look He's at the combine. A good hit. day. Look yeah. at the combine that got put on. Great. It, it was unreal. It was absolutely unreal. Um, I love the pick, though. I, I think the 49 – I can see Denzel Mims sliding right into that offense. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It'd be, a, it'd be awesome. They need that. It'd be absolutely awesome. Um, guys, at number 19 for me, the Las Vegas Raiders had their second pick in the draft, and they, in this one, select Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama. Um, let's look at it. The Raiders have a massive need at cornerback. And Trayvon Diggs is the guy that can come in and immediately help that out. Um, they they took a cornerback early a couple drafts ago. I don't know if you remember this guy, Bo. Garyon Conley. They, they took a guy, a cornerback. He was out of Ohio State. It just did not work out the way they needed. Yeah. I think you can feel good taking Trayvon Diggs in the first round in this draft. Um, Diggs is sticky in coverage. He's physical enough to be an asset and run support. Um, so I see them digging deep, digging very deep into the Alabama talent pool in round one, taking both Jerry Judy and Trayvon Diggs, both Alabama players. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I have them taking a uh, cornerback as well, but it's Christian Fulton out of LSU. Uh, they need the playmakers on the back end right now. Uh, and LSU is a, is a school that definitely got tested with good wide receivers. Um, so I think that he was the best one on LSU. So I, I, I got him going 19 to Oakland. Um, he's, Super athletic, rangy player, um, instinctual corner. Uh, they don't really have that on their roster right now, so I got him going. Christian Fulton, cornerback from LSU. How many times are you going to call them Oakland? I have them as Oakland. On, oh, wow. Holy – oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> I have them written in here as Oakland on every pick. All right. You just kept saying Oakland. I kept trying to say Las Vegas. Just just correct me next time. Appreciate uh, it. I was, I, it, was, it was fun to say how many times you keep People saying People do it. it. It happens all the time. People it happens. It happens. It, I call this. It's going to happen this, for a year. I call the Chargers San Diego constantly. You know I do that. It's, it's a terrible I happen. I have both their abbreviations in the first round is Oakland. Oh, my Lord. Um, guys, at number, at number 20, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, I have them taking Christian Fulton. Um, Jaguars are going through a major turnover on defense. Um, earlier in the first round, I had them drafting both me and Bo uh, had them drafting Javon Kenlaw, defensive lineman out of South Carolina. Now they draft secondary help after losing Jalen Ramsey. Fulton has the size and talent to frustrate NFL wide receivers. I think the Jaguars come away happy after the first round with Kenlaw and Christian Fulton. Uh, and I have Jacksonville taking uh, Kelavon. Chase on uh, outside, always uh, outside linebacker, edge player out of LSU. Um, they've it's kind of been revolving door there with playmakers on the outside over the years. They need they're bringing in some extra help, bringing young players on defense to set up themselves for the future. Uh, pass rushing is the most important thing today, and getting Kinlaw and him on the field together out of the gate. If they keep Ngakwe, that, that's good for them. It would do nothing but help. But I think that would be a great tandem of rookies to bring in and bring up together in their system. Imagine if Ngakwe stayed and you have Ngakwe, Chason, and Kenlaw. Oh, dude. I think it'd be great. And they need that. That's I kind of think Jacksonville's I feel like they've they've always been anchored by their defense. They have. They have been. I mean, let's look at it. when they when they were going on that playoff run, it's because they had easily the most star studded defense in a long time. But they've they've got to keep you. You've got to keep um, supplying talent into that defense. You know, day in and day out, there's there's players getting older. Um, pretty much that's just the way I see it. Just getting older. There, there. A lot of the problems with the um, Jaguars' defense is players getting unhappy. They don't have the money to keep all of the players. Yeah. So when you get guys in there on rookie contracts, that helps. It helps you keep more talent in there. It keeps you able to have all these stars on the roster. So I think that's an awesome pick, bro. I like the I like the pick with Caleb on Chase on. Like you said, he wasn't far off from when I had him being drafted at eighteen. Yeah. Three, like three, like what? Three picks later? Two picks yeah, later? Two picks yeah. later. But um, I, I think he would fit perfectly. And, and think about it: if Ngakwe decides not to stay, all right. You've got your, you got your, still got that building right block. Yeah. Still got him there. So I love the pick, man. I really do. Um, at 21, guys, um, shout out to Jake because I'm sure he is going to be wanting to see who the Eagles pick. <laughs> um, I have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver out of LSU. Um, if you're an Eagles fan or follower, you know Carson Wentz needs someone to throw the damn ball to. This guy has no one. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm gonna say it again. He has nobody. It, it, Alshon Jeffrey is getting up there in age. Aguilar is gone. Aguilar is gone. 
thank heavens. Yeah. Arcega Whiteside just hadn't done it yet. Arcega Whiteside, yeah. I think he's a second or third option at best. I liked him coming out of Stanford. I really, really did. Um, but he's just more of a second or third option. The bus right stops there, too. <laughs> it does. That's where it stops. I mean, your your next pass catcher is Miles Sanders. Yeah. So so let's look at it. Get Justin Jefferson. This guy just came from the most high-powered college offense in a while. He's a good route runner, has good hands, good speed, and would immediately be an upgrade at receiver for Carson Wentz. Yeah. I agree, and it's it's my pick as well. And it's for all the same reasons. They just they need a playmaker. Simple as that. And he is a he is an explosive playmaker. He is going to blow the lid off. And even even if he even if he's not blown, they got you know Deshaun Jackson can you know can blow the lid off. You get him the ball over the middle on a fifteen yard slant or in route, whatever you want, he can make it happen. He's a four. He was make he, it happen, was he four four guy? He ran a four four, four guy. That's a four four yeah. guy right there, man. Yeah. I mean, Martavis Bryant was a four four guy. He can burn. He can burn, man. I love it. I think that's one of the best fits in the entire draft is Justin Jefferson to the Eagles. Do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I just love it, man. I, think I thought it, just, it was a. I just think it's just like a no brainer for some reason. I think it is too. If he's there, they need to take him. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Actually, let me ask you this. Let's just do a hypothetical here. Justin Jefferson and Denzel Mims are on the board to the Eagles. You think Justin Jefferson's still the guy you take if you're the Eagles? You think he just fits the scheme better? I think so. Yeah, I think he's more of like a – he'll be more like a younger Deshaun or or, a, or or Alshon Jeffrey, you know? I think he fits – he just fits it better. Yeah, I like it. I, I would agree with you. I think – I'd like to see Denzel Mims there with Kyle Shanahan and what he can – where he can put him all over the field. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, Justin Jefferson, he, he's you can place him anywhere, plug and play anywhere at receiver, slot, outside. Um, he's just a very talented guy, and uh, obviously had a huge season at LSU. Um, but anyways, guys, moving on, 22, the Minnesota Vikings, I have them selecting cornerback Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Um, the Vikings' need at cornerback is huge, and I mean massive. You can't get any bigger of a need than cornerback at for the Minnesota Vikings. They lost their top three corners in free agency, Bo. They lost Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander. They've all left town. Your top three corners on the team are all gone. That's huge. By the way, shout out to the Bengals for getting Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander. Trey Waynes was paid a little bit too much, but that's for another date. There's a massive hole there, guys. Massive hole at cornerback. Jeff Gladney is the guy that has the ability to fill that hole. He shows off good technique in film and in coverage. He's uber talented. Let's get this guy in there and get the Vikings some cornerback help. Uh, I got the same thing going down, man. But uh, not. I don't have uh, Gladney. I have AJ Terrell going uh, twenty-two to the Vikings. I like uh, it. Same. Re- yeah. Same reasons. They need the help big time. Uh, he's super athletic. I think he's got a kind of a high ceiling, low floor kind of thing going for him. Um, and he's had to deal with some tough battles wide receiver over the years. He's been in big games, uh, and he's had to and he's had to affect the game in a lot of different ways. So I I, I like AJ Terrell here. They they need the help. They probably going to take another cornerback in this draft. They should. Yeah, even after absolutely. this, absolutely, they got to get cornerback help, man. I, and I like Terrell. I like AJ Terrell, and I like Gladney. Uh, yeah. There's going to be the biggest thing. Let's let's look at what we, what we can take away from this first round that the TSR first round mock um, draft guys. There is a massive need this year for teams that for cornerback and receiver. 
you, you let's look at the first round already. There's already been like what, Bo? About four receivers taken. Yeah. And four corners. I mean, this is think, it's a big yeah. draft. It's a big we draft. Fourth, yeah, we're at the fourth corner, and yeah, I think we're at. It's not even over. I think yet. I might be at five receivers, honestly. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. I'm at we'll, five receivers. We'll run through it at the end. We'll run through the position breakdown. What we predict is going to happen because this is what I'm predicting, guys. This is and however many um, positions I have being taken, we'll go over at the end and we'll see how many I see going in round one. Um, number twenty-three, guys. A very interesting draft pick the new england patriots so hear me out bro okay i have them taking jordan love i have jordan love you know he's far he's falls farther than most people would have expected yeah in my i just don't draft. see him going that far but he ends up in possibly now i said tampa bay was a great situation but he also ends up in a great situation in new england um love ceiling is very high um, and the recent loss of Brady in New England opens up the door for the new era. Belichick's going to get his new appren- apprentice, man. I mean, can you not see? I mean, if he if Love is going to fall, and let me tell you why Love's going to fall, because Belichick wants him. That's why. He's going to fall only because Belichick wants him, and that's how the New England— He's um, going to do some wizard stuff. Oh, he's going to do some wizard stuff, man. He scary. really is. And, and Jordan Love's going to get him. Jordan, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick's going to get him. He's going to get Jordan Love. He's going to bring that guy in. I don't think they believe in Stidham. Um, I think Stidham's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they believe in Stidham. Um, scouts believe in him, but I don't think Belichick has all the uh, trust in him. Brian Hoyer, uh, yeah, he's just a bridge guy. Maybe not even that. I don't even know if I'd call Brian Hoyer a bridge guy. But um, you've got to get a, a really talented quarterback in there, and, and Jordan Love is that guy. So I have Jordan Love to the Patriots at 23. <clears throat> I like it. I like that a lot. I mean, if he falls, I I can definitely see that going down. I mean, I I don't see him falling, but but I can see it going down. Um, and I've got the Patriots uh, taking Patrick Queen out of uh, LSU, super athletic uh, outside linebacker, and I honestly think he could shift inwards and play in, uh, inside some too. Uh, he's super versatile. Um, I'm probably the best linebacker in SEC this year. I, I'd say he was. Um, and, I mean, the best overall linebacker. Most You could use him about any time, anywhere. And I think Bill Belichick loves that. Uh, he's a hard worker. And I could see him fitting in there. And they need some a little bit more defensive help. I think they've let some guys go this year um, following the season. So, I got Patrick Queen going uh, outside linebacker LSU to New England at 23. I like it, man. You know who I thought you were going to say was going there? Mm-hmm. So, and I could, I could definitely see there AJ Epinesa. Could you not see AJ Epinesa going to the I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I think, I think I could I see struggle with that. I struggle with that, man. I've Epinesa was in, was in this uh, first round for me. And right now I'm, I've, I've, I don't know if I have him in there. Let me ask you is, is, is part of, I, is that if, combine or is I it just because been, other talented guys stepping up? Other talented guys. Um, I'm, I'm the only other place I have him going. I don't want to ruin it right now because we're not there yet, actually. So let's just let's just get further down the line. Uh, let me I'll shut talk, up. I'll let talk about. Up. I'll I talk, talk about. Up. I'll talk about my decision uh, for one of my one of my picks further down, where Epinesa and Grossmatos are just weighing on me. All right, all right. I got you. I got you. I'll shut I up. have my pick there, but they both weighed on me heavy. All right, at number twenty four, guys, the New Orleans Saints. Um, I have them selecting Patrick Queen. 
Um, so whenever we have a guy that's going around the same area, we're not far off. Either they're going yeah. to the exact same team or they're going to pick after. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're on it right now. Um, like you said, Bo, Patrick Queen, a very athletic linebacker, a little bit undersized. But what he does so well is play in coverage. Um, the Saints also just lost three members of their linebacker core this offseason, and now they have possibly the most athletic linebacker in the draft to come in and replace them. Um, he's speedy, very fast, like I said, um, excels in coverage. Um, he, his talent is just too good to pass up on. You you have a needed linebacker, Patrick Queen, sitting there. I mean, he's the closest thing to Simmons, I think, play style-wise, where like he could be anywhere at any time. You know, and I, I think that's what New England would love. I think see Bill Belichick turning him into a total freak. I see it, Matt. So I, I like I said, good pick for New England. In my mock draft, I had the Saints picking up Patrick Queen, uh, the linebacker from LSU at twenty-four. Yeah, you got who'd, the Saints picking. Who'd you who'd you say? Patrick Queen. That was the Saints at twenty-four. Yeah, because okay. remember, um, hey, am right. I am yeah, yeah. the Patriots just yeah. love? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Saints twenty-four premier Kenneth Murray. Okay, and a linebacker. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think I think that I struggle with Murray to New England, but I think Murray's game is not as multidimensional as Patrick Queen. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. I feel like the Saints the Saints will designate him the way they do, like uh, Cam Jordan, where he is a get after the quarterback kind of guy. And just make plays for us. That's all they want him to do. Get in the backfield, and make plays. I think uh, Kenneth Murray would be a good fit there. I like it. I like it a whole lot, man. I, I really, really do. Um, at 25, guys, the Vikings are picking again. And if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings pick at 22, I believe, was from Buffalo. They got that from a trade in Buffalo, right, with the Stephon Diggs trade? Am I, am I mistaken, Bo? I think you're at right. 20- yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so the Vikings were originally picking at 25, and they also picked up the 22nd pick where they pick up Jeff Gladney in my draft. Um, 25, uh, 25th pick overall, the Minnesota Vikings, for me, pick up and this is my best fit out of my whole it's my favorite pick how about this my favorite pick <laughs> in my draft um the Vikings select Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims um they need help uh, offensive line but I don't see it being bigger than the need at wide receiver after letting Stefan Diggs uh leave town um it's just huge the, the loss of Diggs is huge and it's one that has to be taken care of Adam Thielen is awesome but you need more for Cousins to throw to um, yep. Denzel Mims has the size and speed to become a possible go-to receiver in the NFL. The Vikings in my draft land a perfect guy to be in the tandem with Thielen. I like that a lot. I really do. I really do. And uh, for 25, you'll probably like this uh, since he's your Georgia boy. I have them addressing tackle. Uh, Dalvin Cook seems become the centerpiece of that offense. That offense ran as Dalvin Cook ran last year, in my opinion, and they're going to get him and Kirk Cousins some some help. And Andrew Thomas, one of the most aggressive run blockers in the nation last year, I think he's a perfect fit up there, and they 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 definitely need the depth. I love it. I love hearing my Georgia boys go in the first round. You know that, though. I, mean, oh, yeah. you know, I love I love hearing that. Um, and I think that's an awesome pick. Like I said, that they have a needed offensive line. Andrew Thomas is going to um address you gotta that. keep Dalvin Cook on the field. Yeah, you've got to keep him on the field. I mean, this guy you see we've now seen what this guy can do when he's fully healthy. Um and if you want to keep him running like that and keep him feeling good, get a, get an offensive tackle in there like Andrew Thomas to clear the way for him. Absolutely. Um at twenty six, guys, I have the Dolphins selecting the first running back. In the uh, 
2020 NFL draft in DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Um, the Dolphins, like I said, made, made major moves in free agency. They just drafted the quarterback of the future in Tua. Um, drafting running backs in the first round is becoming more and more frowned upon, but Swift is a guy you can feel good about. Um, he comes in with less miles than any other back in the class and has the pass catching repertoire that makes him dangerous on passing plays. Get this guy in there, man. Get, get, uh, get to a, a guy that can catch out of the backfield and can take the pressure off him a little bit. I still have DeAndre Swift as my RB one in this draft class. And that's why he's coming off the board at 26. I like that a lot. I really do. Uh, they, he's, he's a big time playmaker. That offense was definitely centered around him at, at, uh, at Georgia. So I like that pick a lot. And uh, at 26, I have Miami, Addressing some defensive needs, uh, they have great they have two highest paid cornerbacks in the in the NFL right now, and Byron Jones, and uh, I'm trying to the other guy's name is I'm blanking on it right now. I definitely know his name, and I'm forgetting it. What's the uh, other cornerback in Miami? Byron Jones, and who's the other one? Um, God, why are you doing this to me? Xavier, uh, Xavier uh, Howard, Xavier Howard, Xavier, Xavier Howard. Sorry, oh my yes, God, yes, I can't yeah. believe I'm, I'm telling you, I blanked on it. Yeah, <laughs> I completely. Blanked. I was, th- I was trying to think of his name. I was like, Bo, please don't select yeah, me. Don't see, tell me to talk right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I was, I was bringing it up, and then they had two guys in the NFL. I totally blanked on the second one, but they don't really have any big safeties right now. Uh, they, they gave uh, Rashad Jones the bag not long ago. They paid him pretty good and now he's gone uh so they need some safety help and uh, i love this guy this is one of my probably my favorite safety in the draft i guess he's my he's my highest going safety and that's uh, antoine winfield jr out of minnesota super athletic player uh big time playmaker ball hawk uh he's got a good bloodline a uh, good character he's a leader in their locker room last year and under pj fleck up there in minnesota you know he came from a good coaching background uh those guys up there it's a good program he's got they're all about team and unity um i think that'll fit in great with them uh they need that right now and with flores the rebuilding um and his dad was actually on tv tonight they were showing brett Favre's return to minnesota antoine winfield's dad played for minnesota for many years they had him on tv uh tonight so that was pretty cool i got him going to miami to help them sure up the back of their defense i love it man i love the pick i really do antoine winfield i like that you have winfield over mckinney because you know the consensus is that mckinney is the top safety but i like winfield a lot the only thing that's holding winfield back it's not talent it's it's the um the hamstring injury and another mm-hmm. injury he's dealing with i can't really think of it right now but his hamstring and something else he's been dealing with but um the talent's all there man i don't like, want to think i don't want to think about him like that man i mean i think he's a, i think he's tough and he comes from he comes from good stock i mean i could see him battling through that and being a, a crazy playmaker in the nfl Oh, I love it. Like I said, I love the pick. You, like you said, Rashad Jones just left town. Um, so there is a hole at safety. And also Minka's gone. Minka's gone yeah. too. I mean, come on. Get, get your rebuilding. Guy. They're completely rebuilding safety. Yeah, I get could see him or McKinney could be there, but I don't see how Miami gets out of that first round with all those picks without addressing something on defense. Okay, I love it. Like I said, I, I love the pick. I think that that's definitely something that could happen. Gotta, they got to bring the points down. So two, if Tua starts for them, however that's going to go, whoever they pick, Herbert, whatever. Okay, they got to keep the points down on defense to give them a chance. 
Absolutely. So, guys, uh, just a little recap of the 26th overall pick. I have the Dolphins selecting the first running back in the NFL draft in DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Bo has Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Minnesota to the Dolphins. Um, at 27, guys, the Seattle Seahawks. I have them taking Yatur Gross Matos, the <laughs> edge rusher from Penn State. Um, the Seahawks' biggest need comes at pass rush, rusher. It's simple as that, especially when you consider the possibility that uh, Jadavion Clowney isn't going to return. I mean, that's a possibility. He may not be coming back. Um, YGM has the size and length to be a constant problem for offensive tackles. He's still raw, really raw, but has huge upside. Um, And in my draft, they get a player that they can feel good about on the defensive side of the ball in YGM. So uh, Seahawks select Yetro Gross Matos, Penn State edge rusher at 27. So this is where my big... This is where my big internal battle went on, and it was between Yuter Grismatos and A.J. Epinesa. Um, I, I believe A.J. Epinesa is the more polished, pro-ready game, but I believe he could hit his ceiling a little quicker and might might disappoint the fans than uh, Yuter Grismatos. But I've got A.J. Epinesa here. DM let's go. Going. Let's go. I yeah, love the yeah. pick. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Great yeah. pick, man. Yeah, and I just think he's ready. He could come in and make some plays now, I believe. I don't believe you have to hear that word raw a lot with Epinesa. Iowa is a school where you're asked to do a lot and you're asked to learn and and, and live up to a standard. I mean, yeah, I mean, you hear George Kittle talk about it, and I believe that they bring that same intensity to the defensive side of the ball. So I got, you know, I got, I had to have Epinesa come in first round. I love the Iowa boys. Always been a fan of how their program is run. They're just in the middle of nowhere, and they hang in there. They didn't fall off like Nebraska did there and Arkansas. They have still kept that middle-of-nowhere program running strong. So I love the Iowa guys. It's all on coaching. It's all on coaching, too. It's, it's They bring in guys. They get them ready. So um, I got Epinesa going to Seattle at 27. And then Yeter, man, it was close. I love it, man. I love Epinesa going to a Pete Carroll defense. I yeah. absolutely love that. I just see YGM going. I'm um, sorry, guys, if I keep saying YGM. Yeah, just I'm kind of, I've, the world. I've called him that for a while. First, just first time I've ever heard stuff. that. Um, so, hey, if that gets started, y'all know where it came from first. Yeah, YGM okay. is what I called him just from my notes for, for quite a while now. Um, I think Gross Matos gets drafted above him just off potential alone. Epinesa is more polished coming in. Like I said, Gross Matos is raw, but his upside's huge. And I think that his length as well, um, length is a huge thing for edge rushers, guys. C- can you bend as well? That's it's a big part of it. Uh, Epinesa doesn't show enough bend in his game for, for, for me. I, I just didn't see enough, enough bend. He's a little bit stiffer, um, more of a power rush guy. But I think either one of these guys, you get Gross Matos or Epinesa in the Seahawks defense, they're going to excel, man. So I love the pick. Um, 28 guys, the Baltimore Ravens, I have them selecting. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Um, Kenneth Murray is almost as perfect of a fit as you would want in Baltimore because he does exactly what the Ravens linebackers are asked to do, and that's to not be a liability in coverage or run support. <laughs> and he, he can do – he's not a liability in either one of them. I mean, you've seen the tape, Bo. This guy's so super talented. I love yeah. Kenneth Murray, man. And in my hopes, I hope he falls to the second round the Bengals scoop him up. That's how much I like this guy, and you gotta you gotta understand it's hurting me to give him to our um, our rivals right now. But I think the fit's just too good to pass up. Um, the Ravens fan base can be happy about landing this guy. 
Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I, I, I didn't have him falling quite as far, but I like that pick a lot. Um, and for me, I have the Ravens, and this was tough for me, but I have Jalen Rieger out of TCU. Um, I, like I think, it. yeah, uh, I mean, I still, th- I'm just not sold on the back end of their receiving core. Miles Boykin was lackluster last year. Uh, Willie Sneed is, you know what you get with Willie Sneed. He's not going to Which isn't a lot. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get some catches here and there, but you're just going to get a contributor. I think Jalen Rieger could be better than Marquise Brown. I think he has that potential. That's okay. a lot of speed. That's a lot of speed on one okay. offense, man. Lamar yeah. Jackson, Rieger, Brown. I mean, come uh-huh. on. And they just they got uh, and now it's pretty much just Mark Andrews uh at tight end there. Cause didn't they get rid of their other one? Uh and they, they sent him to Atlanta, of, right? Yeah, Hurst got, is in Atlanta, right? Yeah, Hayden Hurst is in Atlanta now. Yeah. So so I mean they 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 need another option there in their receiving core. They 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 can't run the two tight end thing now and just throw it up in the air on people. They need playmakers out there. So I think they need to bring in another weapon for Lamar Jackson so that he doesn't have to be, you know, running back Lamar Jackson. I like it. I like the pick. I've liked a lot of your picks, man. I'm very, very, uh, very, I'm, I'm going to be competitive with this. So, guys, I just want to let you know, as me and Bo are always competitive, whether it be, you know, uh, stuff that we're predicting, followers on Twitter, uh, you name it, we're always competitive about something. What we're going to do, guys, is we're going to keep up with the draft next week, and we're going to see how many picks did we get right. Oh, God. And now, next weekend, um, we're going to add in another round, but – we're going to see how many picks we get right, how many teams and players, what, um, how, many, uh, how many of them we got right with each team picking up each player, and we'll come back and uh, we'll, just, we'll figure something out funny for the uh, loser to do or something like that. But oh, God. I mean, we're, we're going to make it a competition. You know we're going to do that here at the TSR Podcast. Um, but like I said, Bo, I like the pick. I like Rieger with the Ravens. I, like I said, I like Kenneth Murray with the Ravens. So we'll see which way that plays out. I'm um, at 29, guys, the Tennessee Titans. Um, they're already weak up front on the offensive line. Now Conklin is gone too. So that it's just a real problem up front. Um, the top need for this team is definitely offensive line. They need to invest in it here. I have them taking Josh Jones, the offensive tackle out of Houston. Um, he isn't as highly regarded as the other top, uh, top offensive tackles, but he is a talented player that played well against top competition in college. So I think he, he is the pick here. God, I'm burping. Sorry about that. You all right? I'm all right. Let's keep going. You sure? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, right now I have Tennessee taking Austin Jackson tackle. Okay. Like you said, they need the help. Uh, he's he's a freak. Kind of he's he's been there a few years. Been starting. Um, good with his hands. Um, instinctive. He doesn't get beat on counter moves a lot. You don't see him getting spun on. Um, he can put his hands on you and really get a hold of you. Um, he still can. He still got to work on his strength, I think. Uh, you see him get bull rushed a little bit, but playing in the Pac-12, you didn't have to see that as much in the NFL. I think he's going to struggle with the strong rush a lot. Um, I think the finesse guys aren't going to get past him as much. He's good with his feet. So I got Austin Jackson going there. I like it. I like it. We both had offensive tackle going, man, and, and that yeah. obviously is the biggest need. I'm going back-to-back. Um, back. <laughs> going back-to-back? Back. Going back-to-back back tackle. Okay, all right. So a little preview for the Packers. Um, guys at number 30 for the Packers for me, interesting pick here, Bo. I have the Packers selecting T Higgins wide receiver out of Clemson. Wow. Um, 
the Packers already have a star at quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. We all know that. If you watch football, you know who Aaron Rodgers is and you know who he plays for. But he needs more weapons around him. And it is obvious. Let's think about it. When teams want to shut down the Packers, just like the 49ers did this past year in the playoffs, what did they do? They smothered Devontae Adams. <laughs> And then he has no one else to throw it to. I mean, it's, it's simple. It's not a hard defensive scheme when you're up against the Packers. It really is not. Um, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are the best players that Rodgers has on that side of the ball. It, it's clear and it's obvious. Um, I think in adding a talent like T. Higgins would keep double coverage off of Adams and would add another super talented pass catcher to the Green Bay offense for Aaron Rodgers to use. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. I really do. And I honestly, I've had him going Green Bay in two different mocks, and I he was on this list for me, not not too long ago. But I I kind of moved off it. Um, I got Green Bay bul- uh, bulking up on the O line, keeping Rodgers upright, trying to keep his career going for a long time. Um, I got them going Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. That's a good um, pick. I, th- I think Ezra Cleveland excels in pass protection, and that is where Aaron Rodgers needs the help. <laughs> super athletic, super yeah. athletic guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He, he plays. He plays. He, I don't. It's a well balanced game. You don't ever see him. You don't see him trying to do too much. You don't see him getting lost. He's, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's in, in pass pro. He's always finding work. He's very technical when it comes to his pass blocking, and, and and I think I think that when you're trying to work off the edge in the NFL, and you got all these these guys that can beat you so many different ways, you got to have someone doesn't get flustered with that. And I think he's the kind of guy that Aaron Rodgers needs in the future to keep him going down to these, you know, 37, 38, 39 years old, where you need a good O line to keep playing. Absolutely, man. I like the, I like the pick. Um, Cleveland, so I see him falling to the second round, but I feel like he's going to be a steal in the second round. That's how good he is. That's really yeah. how good he is. Um, and he could end up being better than some of the top guys mentioned in the offensive tackle class. He really is a really I've good seen him. I've seen him mock in the first round a lot, too. I mean, a lot of teams, are there, they're committed to, to an aerial attack, a majority air game. And so he's the kind of guy you need for that. He wants to see, he wants to not have his hand in the dirt. He wants to slide off the edge, you know, and, you know, to get that kick step going back. You know what I mean? You want to know what I think the best value for him could be? What's that? Imagine him falling to the second round. I'm, I'm saying falling, but it wouldn't be falling. If I mean, he's still about round. that. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, a, yeah. It, it, that's not a fall. A day that, one or that's two guy. It's a day I mean. one or two guy. But um, imagine the the Dolphins ending up with. I you know I did a mock draft earlier and this is something I was just happy with. By the way, the uh, Dolphins have 14 picks in the draft, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they you pretty put much that, own the next two years. You put that on top of the guys that they already signed in free agency. It's just unreal. Um, they're they're moving forward at a very fast pace. But I could see you know them investing in two in the first round, maybe a receiver, um, a running back, and imagine getting the Dolphins getting able to add Cleveland in the second round as well. Oh yeah, I, I mean, it, it, that, I think that's amazing value if he winds up with Miami in the second round. Anyway, guys, we're not talking about the second round right now. Um, that's 30, another week. That's another week away. Um, the 31st pick overall, I have the San Francisco 49ers selecting Jalen Johnson, the cornerback out of Utah. Um, the 49ers have to take care of uh, cornerback guys to stay a top contender. Sherman isn't getting any younger, and there isn't a solid uh, option 
opposite from him at corner. Um, Johnson is a stud. That's all I can say. He's a stud at cornerback. He was a lockdown guy for Utah and was extremely underrated this past season. He has the length and the talent to cover any receiver, so he immediately would upgrade the uh, cornerback position drastically. I like that pick a lot. Jalen Johnson was a guy I struggled with keeping out of this round. Um, but I have uh, San Francisco on defense as well, and I have them uh, getting Ross Blacklock to give them some defensive line depth from TCU. Another TCU. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I like TCU's team was loaded with talent this year. They're, I think their running back could be a, is is going to be a late round target for the Steelers if they don't take a running back uh, at forty nine. So TCU had a lot of guys that are, could be ready to uh, play in the play in the program uh, game this year. I mean, you had freaking Gladney, didn't you? I didn't have him first round, but you had Gladney, Gladney didn't yep. you? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of pro-ready guys over there, man. It was a fun program to watch this year. Um, and so I got Ross Blacklock, aggressive player, good with his hands. Uh, you see, he had to deal with a lot of double teams this year uh, down there. He was definitely the best pass rusher on his team, in my opinion. Um, so I got him, and they I think they need the depth. Uh, they have, what is it, uh, Armstead or is his name, I believe? Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead uh, is playing there, and he had a good season last year, but he's one guy. They need, they need to have more than that. Uh, defensive lines these days work best in a rotation. You know, these they're running a lot of plays. They, it's hard to get them out there, you know, three, four downs every series, all game. I like I like a good rotation, and they I think they need the help there. I like it, man. I like um, he, he's a really good. You talk about like the defensive tackles in this class. There's a there's a lot of good ones. There's a whole lot of good ones. Um, another guy that that could possibly be around one guy, um, just like the TCU guy you just brought up is Neville Gallimore. The guy to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. he could possibly sneak into the round one. Yep. Um, so we'll see. What is there? Was there something that you saw in in Blacklock's game that you liked over Gallimore? Uh, I don't know if I watched much Gallimore. I mean, that that could have been the thing. There's just a lot of guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I see. There's a possibility either one of them sneaks into the first round, and I think the fit for the 49ers defense is perfect for Blacklock. So I like that um, yeah. that pick. But, you know, the 49ers defense is really big on having the big guys up front get to the quarterback, make a lot of pressure on him. Um, and then, like I said, the only problem I have is I just think cornerback, I mean, Richard Sherman, yeah, he, he was he's a great cornerback, great talent overall. But, you know, he's getting up there in age. And who, who's the other guy opposite from him? Can you even name him? I can't. Exactly. We got to get a guy in there that's uh, young and talented um, to help out that secondary. But I like the, I like the pick. I could see them addressing cornerback I later on in the draft. I, I think that, yeah, and I mean, honestly, man, the the corners, this is yeah, – Jalen Johnson's pretty deep in the – I think he's almost to reach in the first round. That's just where I'm, the way I'm feeling about him. I think, but see, so what I'm going with here is I could see teams reaching for corner. I mean, look at how many corners we've already drafted. I, mean, the I don't run know if it's started. the draft to reach for a corner, though. Mm, it, okay. I would say it is just based on the solid talent, the amount of solid talent in there. Is there a lot of high-end talent? No, there's not. But there's a lot of solid talent. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is the higher-end talent is going to get start started getting taken, and people are going to start reaching for solid talent. And that's what's yeah. going to happen. Not saying – I'm not trying to you know down the talent that Jalen Johnson has whatsoever, but Jalen Johnson, it could be considered a reach in the first round. I just see the 49ers having a big enough need at cornerback that they go that direction. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to go the same direction at 32 guys with the, um, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, 
they used their 32nd overall pick on cornerback A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Um, A.J. Terrell, he got burnt in the college football playoffs this past season, but I'm going to chalk that up as more of a fluke than a problem that will continue. Um, Terrell has the size and speed to cover NFL receivers. He shows good technique and coverage, and he isn't afraid to help out and run support. Um, let's think about it. They just lost their, if I'm not mistaken, they just lost their two top corners as well. Um, so they've got to get cornerbacks in there, man. A.J. Terrell, he's a talented guy, and I think he's worthy of a first-round selection. He could be considered a reach, but I think he's worthy worthy of a first-round shot. So um, I see A.J. Terrell going to the Kansas City Chiefs at 32. A lot of cornerbacks in your first round. I like that. I have uh, I got Kansas City um, going for a guard and Cesar Ruiz to help protect Patrick Mahomes over the future. The going to be the highest paid quarterback in football one day. Uh, possibly the next, probably the closest thing we could ever get to see to a Tom Brady again. There's no telling how many Super Bowls this guy could win over his career, and he needs to have good linemen in front of him to do it. Um, so, and Cesar Ruiz is a guy that can play two positions, in my opinion, on the O-line if he needed him to. You could probably work him over guard if you absolutely had to. Um, so, I, th- I got Cesar Ruiz going to Kansas City. I love it, man. You got it. You got to protect Patrick Mahomes. That is the most important player probably mm-hmm. in the NFL right now. Yeah. So you've got, got to keep him. And like you said, man, this guy can I, win. This yeah. guy can win. No talent how many Super Bowls. This guy has the talent to – if this guy stays healthy, we have no idea what this guy's um, potential is and what he's what he's capable of. So I, I love the Absolutely. pick. And I think – I just think that the Kansas City, if they if they do their homework, they could probably get that secondary help later on down the line. They did their homework. Yeah, they definitely could. They definitely could. Like I said, it's a deep, it's a deep cornerback class. Um, it's also a deep wide receiver class, and that's why we have so many guys going from those positions. Um, Bo, real quick, I want to know how many wide receivers you had going in the first round. Oh Lord, I think it's let's see six. I think Judy Lamb it's two, Rugs is three, Mims is. four. Four, Justin Jefferson is five, and Rieger is six of so six. Okay, I have five wide receivers going in the first round, guys. Uh, Bo, real quick, give me the cornerbacks. Um, okay. Let's see. How many corners do you have going? Uh, Henderson is my first corner. Uh, my No, my first corner is Akuda. So Akuda, Henderson, uh, Fulton from LSU. I don't even think you had Fulton go first round. Um, did you? Yeah, Christian Fulton went to the Jags for me at 20. Okay, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, cool. Um, and you're at three, and and then see, I think I stopped there at three. So let's think about it, guys. Now, Bo, Bo does a good or, wait, no, I, think, I, no, I got A.J. Terrell also. So, I so you got four. four, you got four. Okay, so hit me out, guys. Me and Bo, as we've been you know, talking to you guys about the draft a whole lot, we have made it clear this is a deep cornerback class and a deep wide receiver class. And – Let's let's just show how deep this class is. I have five receivers going in the first round. Bo has six. Now Bo only has three corners going in the first round. I have seven. I have seven cornerbacks being selected in the first round and uh, five wide receivers. Um, it's becoming a passing league, guys. That shows it to you best. You got to get guys that can defend wide receivers, and you got to get guys that can catch the ball. That's what it is. It's becoming a more and more passing league every year. Um, so I think that's why it's heading in this direction. Plus, the talent pool was just huge this year, wide receiver and cornerback. Yeah. So um, anyway, guys, that is the um, that is the end of the TSR round one mock draft. Um, next week we are going to have round two. We're going to do round two of the mock uh, a round two mock draft next weekend. So you'll have the first two. Um, 
rounds completed that TSR has for the draft coming up next week. Um, Bo, go ahead and give them your plug, man, so they know where to find you. <clears throat> you can find me at TSR Bo. Uh, it's capital T S R lowercase B E A U on Twitter. I post uh, the episodes, tweet about football, and I have my articles. Uh, we were talking about that earlier from stillcurtain.com um, with fans with the fan sided network. I put my stuff up on there. I just had a scouting report on J.K. Dobbins go up. Y'all could go check that out. Give me some clicks. Make me make me a couple extra bucks here and there. It would be great. Uh, so just uh, give me a give me a look when you can. All right, guys. Please go follow me on Twitter at Scouting LLC. I still have to beat Bo to the trophy for getting to a thousand followers on Twitter first. So please give me your support. Um, again, follow me on Twitter at Scouting LLC. Follow TSR on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. Give us some follows. Give us some likes. And always, please go and subscribe to the TSR podcast. Like I said, we will be having a round two mock draft next week as we continue to get you guys draft information out about the first ever virtual draft that we've ever had. Um, but the 2020 NFL draft is going to be a fun one, guys. It's going to be the first one I've ever had a podcast for. So I love getting this content out to you. Um, once again, guys, go subscribe, go give a review, and go TSR. Peace out, guys. Peace. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of mass significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball, we're ready, so let's go. Well, I got to gotta get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue.